0: I had the great pleasure of catching up with Western Bulldogs captain Katie Brennan for my first interview with an AFLW captain. As you'll hear, Katie is a passionate, positive, articulate and thoughtful leader and opens up on key aspects of her football journey and life away from football. It was a fascinating chat with an inspiring young leader. What a treat it is to be speaking with Western Bulldogs AFLW Captain Katie Brennan today here at AFLPA headquarters. Katie, welcome and thank you. Thanks for having me. How's your off-season been so far? It looks like you've been doing a bit of travelling. Where have you been?
1: Yeah, it's been it's been great. Um, just coming back from a, an ankle rico, so I decided to head over to the US and Mexico and just have a little bit of downtime and get a bit of sun over there. So we did New York, um, Tulum in Mexico, um, LA, Palm Springs and San Fran. So it was nice to see some sights over there.
0: Trip of a lifetime?
1: It was, yeah, indeed. It was um, – I've never been there before and it's always been on my list to, to travel over to the US and um, it's always good to get away in winter as well just to break it up.
0: Yeah, nice. Um, just before we, we started recording here, you were telling me about your ankle uh, surgery and you've obviously been in rehab and recovering there. How did you fit that in with your travel plans? Was that was, was uh, your rehab part of your travel?
1: Yeah, well initially we were meant to go in April just after yep. AFL Women's finished um, but I had to get the recode done so we just ended up changing our flights and luckily we weren't organised and we hadn't booked any accommodation <laughs> yet so um, it fit in really perfectly. Um, I was out of my boot probably uh, four weeks before I, head o- I went over to um, the US so um, in terms of rehab I was able to walk around and you know when you're on holidays you just cover K's looking yeah, yeah, at yeah, sites yeah. and um, and doing it all so it was it fit in really perfectly.
0: Yeah good I'm going to talk a bit more about you and a bit later on I, I wouldn't mind going back to the start here in terms of where did football begin for you?
1: Yeah for me um, football was always in the blood so both parents were Victorian um, and I used to come down here a lot because a lot of our family lived here um, so from Queensland originally and um, it's not really a I guess, a traditional sport in Queensland. I was always the the young girl who, like many um, of the stories you hear from AFL Women's, you were the, that young woman who um, would always carry a footy around, um, would always kick with the boys, and there weren't many girls to, to sort of join you on on that venture. But um, I loved it uh, from the very first day I picked up a footy and I always played with my brother Paul in the backyard and we just used to pretend that we were on, on the MCG. And yeah. um, I used to kick with him for hours and then when he got bored and went inside I would kick against the trampoline and just (laughs) sort of um, still pretend I was out there so that's where it all started Um, I continued to the pathway through with the boys up until um, under 14s and then I really um, we all pushed for having a youth girls league in Queensland and um, was very fortunate to be a part of that first year um, and then played open women's when I was about 14 or 15 Yep, Um, and then My mum was living in Victoria at the time and I came down and I trained um, and did a couple of sessions with Darabin and um, Asta O'Connor, who um, is from Queensland as well. I sort of grew up, um, you know, playing, not playing football with her initially in those early days, but playing open women's with her. And when she moved to Darabin, she sort of said, come down. And Loz Arnell was there, Daisy Pearce was there. So there's a sort of a a star-studded team in Darabin and and all of the idols that I looked up to since I was a young girl. And... Um, yeah I was hooked I did a couple of sessions there and just absolutely fell in love and, and then decided a couple of months later that I would um, move down to, to Victoria and try and um, pursue my footy and at that time AFA women's wasn't even a, a thing yeah. it was just more the uh, playing in the national carnivals and that was the pinnacle of footy but it's, um, it's come a, a very long way.
0: Some big names there. It's no wonder that Darabin have, uh, have been so successful. So I, I want to just touch on, uh, now that you've raised it, playing with the boys. How, how'd you go there? Were you, you know, were you one of the better players? You know, do you think that's been good for your development to get to you where you are today?
1: Yeah, I'm all for it. And a lot of young women um, sort of uh, with my journey ask me, you know, should I keep playing with the boys or should I go to the Youth Girls League? But I... I think I got so much from playing with the boys and, um, you know, it was the first year of the youth girls when I was – uh, back home so the, the competition wasn't very strong in that sense and we're always fighting to get numbers on the field and you would end up playing a full field with you know nearly like 10 sides. so you yep. end up doing a fair bit of running over, um, over the pitch but um, it was a, a really fantastic journey and I had some really great um, young men that were sort of around me and um, welcomed me into the team but yeah you, you can't help but say that you were one of the better players of the team and yep. um, you know at that time you you were forced to play in the youth girls and you just had no idea why. You you knew that you're a girl and and it had to happen and in hindsight it does have to happen but I was just so, that was one time where I was really just mad at footy and I just, I hated it. I hated having to give up playing with the the boys and and move over to the youth girls.
0: Well, I think one of the, your really positive outcomes I guess of AFLW is this increasing talent pool now and I'm really keen to get your view on AFLW two seasons in what are your reflections so far?
1: Yeah it's um, it's been one hell of a journey and um, you know it, it is going from strength to strength it's a um, it feels like a slow burn at times but then I, I other times it does really feel like it's growing um quite quickly and especially with you know expansion teams coming in and um, big decisions being made but um from our end it's just it is a dream come true to play on the big stage and um you can't help but feel bullish about where we're going and where we want to be um the reality is that we want to be full-time athletes and the amount of time and energy that we put into the sport we should be there and we should be there quick Um, but we also understand that there's a whole lot of logistics around getting to that that level and that stage so um, for us it's just about you know, continuing to um, develop talent where we can, especially sort of the the top-end girls or the girls that have been in um, the AFL um, system for a longer time or within the AFL women's community for a longer time, um, you know, trying to convert cross-coders and, and um, other girls to take up the sport but also um, just leading from the front and sort of... Um, you know, breaking down barriers and and trying to put the best brand of footy out there, so yep. we do um, get some more commercial opportunities, and then um, you know it it does grow from there.
0: How far off do you think we are, or should be? Probably is the right question from it becoming a properly fully professional league.
1: It is. It's kind of the the golden question, isn't it? It's it's quite hard to um to answer, but I feel that expansion has probably come too quickly, and I feel that. Um, although we want to give more opportunity at elite level for both clubs and um, you know the, the amount of players coming through, to keep it and to consolidate at eight teams or 10 teams, I think would have been um, a great opportunity to therefore increase hours, increase pay and make yeah. it um, a bit more professional. Now that decision's been made, I feel like that's going to be on the back burner a little bit um, as the talent pool is coming through, but I don't think it is coming as quick as we, we think to fill that many spaces. On the flip side, it is opportunity and yep. it's um, you know exposing all of these young women to an elite environment where they will grow, they'll develop, they'll have access to great coaches and um, it'll speed it up. So. Um, in terms of, yeah, answering that question as to, to how far it, it is away, um, I feel like it it's the golden question and yeah. no one really knows the answer. But um, I think as a collective, we're continuing to push in the right direction.
0: Yeah, good. Now, I'm going to take you back to your first AFLW game. So I read about this first game against Fremantle. Um, you had a pretty serious ankle injury that... You had to be jabbed up to take take the field. I could imagine you were pretty conflicted leading into that, and I'm not sure if you'd ever had that experience of you know, having to jab yourself to play. I wouldn't mm-hmm. mind getting an understanding of that, but I'd imagine the anticipation of this first game um, and this injury that you'd you'd How, Just talk us through what you went through there.
1: Yeah, so I did the ankle in the practice match against yep. Collingwood uh, the week before or two weeks before, and. Sort of um, just battled through. You just feel like you, you know, you roll your ankle and you can push through. And then um, I think you know, having come into this brand new environment where there's um, there is things like having a jab. I've never had that before. <laughs> Sometimes you just like in community footy, you might just pop a couple of um, anti inflamm's and and go on your way. But I was sort of all for it. I wanted to. Um, I wanted to put myself out there and, and sort of lead our group out and you don't want to miss the first game of yeah. or of your first opportunity at the new AFL Women's League. So um, I think once you're out there, uh, the pain sort of goes away a little bit um, and I was able to get through that first game and then the second game against Adelaide, um, I ended up rolling it again and, um, and then that sort of caused me some grief uh, in both seasons, yeah. one and two.
0: yeah. Let's just talk about the game the first game in general, I mean how how it was a big crowd um, home ground like unbelievable i'd imagine
1: yeah, it was incredible, um, I think going to even the first game, the Collingwood Carlton game the night before yeah. um, we went down with a, a few of our teammates and um, just some some other girls from different teams as well and it was just – you couldn't help but be emotional. I don't think there was yeah. a dry eye in the house. It was just a, a really special moment and just a, a breakthrough for, yeah. um, you know, all the past women, all the, the current women playing and then all the future generations too. And I think it showed with, um, you know, that the people in the crowd how many sort of – there was older women, young women, there was men. there was yeah. It was a whole mix of, um, I think, new people to the football community too just wanting to come out and really support Mm. women which I think is really special Um, and it was something that I felt um, was a start of something really big, yep. and it has been. So that was um, a really special moment. And seeing, you know, your teammates, my Darabin teammates out there yeah. running around and running amok Dar- Darcy kicking four, <laughs> and just a really spectacular scene. So, um, and then fast forward, I think I couldn't really sleep that night knowing that we were playing yeah. the next day, just with excitement and um, and nerves and and all the rest. But running out onto Witnoble, and that's definitely my favourite game uh, ground to play on. It was a, a really um, amazing atmosphere there and um and you know we're really passionate about um the people of the west and um, all of our supporters so it was um yeah it was really just a a dream come true to to run out in in western ball colors who um you know have been pioneers of of footy along with melbourne uh, to start those exhibition games but um yeah it was a a really special moment
0: Mm. I was actually at the the exhibition game, the, the last one before AFLW started at the Witten Oval, mm. and you could just sense there was something building there. The crowd was was strong, the atmosphere was terrific. You could sense this was going in a direction, you know, quite quickly. So, so we're two years in, and I'm keen now to fast forward to 2018. Obviously, you've had injury and some some suspension issues, but you're also captain of the premiership team. Unfortunately, not there on the day able to play. Can you yeah. can you share with us how difficult? That day was, and how do you actually dealt with it? Um, and I'd imagine it was tinged with uh, elation as well as difficulty. So yeah, just give us a sense of that.
1: Yeah, it was. um It was a, a really interesting week. It was tough. It was really tough. And I think first thing first, um, you just you want to play. You want to be out there, and you've worked so hard towards this moment. Um, you know, I've played in VFL grand finals and your share of community footy, but you get to the biggest stage and you just you want to be there with yeah. everything that you have. So, um, yeah, it was a really interesting week. Um but then, you know, when the decision was made, and and when, um, and even throughout that week, I guess um, that, that Wednesday night at training. Um, so the tribunal was on the Tuesday, the Wednesday night we had training. Um, I just, for me, it's always team first. It's always about, um, you know, what's best for that for our group. I was still trying to be really outward in terms of um, I had sort of this this personal issue going on, but I really tried to to make sure that I was getting around our girls that you know everyone was feeling prepared, um, feeling confident about us going into a really big game and um, I guess just doing a, a job that the captain does or that a leader does. And um, That Wednesday night was, was just regular training for us. We yeah. were, were up and about. I couldn't help but have everything in the back of my mind. But um, I think, again, once you get out on the field, you just sort of – you think footy and, mm. um, and the passion of the game just sort of takes over. Um, and then sort of the Thursday night when it was all confirmed that I wasn't able to, to play um, and there was more sort of the commission hearing and, and all that was um, was happening, I guess that was a, a – you feel isolated in a sense. Um, I had so much amazing support from um, not only my, my teammates but everyone at the club and uh, lots of people from sort of the outside that you, you really trust and respect and um, and then you you sort of, you have to switch back into game mode and just mm. think, you know, I'm not out there but what is my role today? Um, what am I going to do to help get our team over the line? And, you know, all you want is to, to win a premiership and whether you're a part of that or not on the day out there wearing the jersey, um, I still knew that... You know, this whole journey um, was a really sort of a really tough one for us. We had lots of injuries along the way. Um, We also had, you know, many amazing times and went so many breakthroughs for our team such as Brookie Lachlan kicking seven against Carlton and and some really incredible individual efforts um, but also some really great team performances that um, we just had so much belief in our group that we could could Mm -hmm. win it on the day. So for me it was just about, um, you know, being a leader on that day and... For me, um, Bob Murphy was a great um, role model in that respect, and although different circumstances, um, I really modelled myself off him, and um, and also just sort of went within and and um, and thought about how I wanted to be. Um, perceived and how I wanted to to feel on that day. I think yeah. you could go back into your shell and um, not be a part of it and sort of sit back in the stands um, or you could just go along for the ride and, and think – um you know what an amazing opportunity we have and um and the fact that i could still be a part of that was really really special so um although there was parts of me that were were hurting and i think it's really natural to hurt um i think i wouldn't be human if if i wasn't hurting and i wouldn't care about the game or or my teammates or the club um i felt so much um happiness and so much joy and and i was just so proud of our girls to be able to get over the line and uh, pull out such an incredible performance on the day
0: Yeah, I just want to ask two follow up questions there firstly did you speak to Bob before just see how he handled it or what advice he had for you
1: um, I spoke to him just via message so yeah. um, he just he didn't say much but he was just really powerful in the yeah. way that he said it um, I think grand final morning he sort of just said um, you know you're still a leader the team needs you today um, and just sort of be there for them make sure everyone's okay and um yeah there was a few messages throughout that week that were just really powerful where I I didn't even need to really you know call up and and talk to him Mm because I could just model myself of the way that he he is around the club and the way that he um responded to his challenge so um and then again you just sort of draw draw from your character and what you would do in that situation? I think I, I thought about it. I thought about how it would be, how I would feel. It's exactly like when you plan a, a footy game in your mind the night before, and yeah. and you go through all your mental imagery of how you want to play. And um, it was sort of that same that same sort of feeling. You just you know that it's going to be challenging, but you're pre- you're prepared for it, and um and you know what to do. Yeah, yeah.
0: My, my vivid memory of that day. Um, about you with this ear-to-ear smile mm. I mean yeah you you portrayed this um, I'm, I'm part of the team this is not affecting me when it had to yeah. um, and I just this clear pride in the what the group had achieved and you know there just appeared to be no sense of self-pity at all from an outsider looking in mm. and the great moment of you pulling up you in the jumper underneath is that you know, I mean, we have sort of gone through how you were feeling in the lead up but is, is that how you felt on on the inside yeah,
1: it's funny it's it's completely how i felt um i don't think you can you can fake it um yeah. You know, I was so stoked that day. I was so happy. I was sitting with, you know, Izzy Huntington in the one of our young guns who um, just sustained a, you know, a season-ending injury as well and the rest of our girls, there was nine girls who weren't picked for the game or were injured and we all had our jerseys underneath. So, you know, that's something that we all did together. We chose to do it. Um, We were all smiling. I think, you know, we were (laughs) – once that siren rang, um, even Izzy, she was only – you know, a few months post surgery, she was running out on onto the ground and I was trying to hold her back. Um, <laughs> hold on to the reins. But we were we were absolutely stoked and we were riding every bump with them. Um and you just do it in a different way. You're just not yeah. out there. And it's hard because you can't you can't directly impact them. Like I went down and had a chat to the girls and we're just there at half time. Um and yeah, you still completely felt a part of it and mm. you just knew you were um and I said to our girls, the group of our our nine girls that weren't out there as well, I said, it's all about your mindset in this situation. It's like you can sit back and actually make yourself not feel a part of it and exclude yourself and isolate yourself. Or you can just be, you know, ride every bump and, and be out there with the girls. And, and I think that we had this sort of understanding when we knew our team was playing well is that they were playing for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um we showed it in, in round two when we um, – sorry, round three when we stood up and no, – I think it was round two when we stood up and, and played for Is when she went yep. down with her knee. Um, you know, round one, Dario went down with her knee and everyone just lifted and yeah. it's sort of the spirit of the Bulldogs and, and mm. what we have. Um, but on the flip side of that, I think your team, all the, the girls that we have – um they made all of us feel a part of it as well yeah. and um it didn't matter if you're wearing you know a jersey out there on the day we were all wearing the jersey and we're all wearing it with pride yeah mm. awesome
0: the, what what we are here to talk about mainly today is leadership yeah uh, and about your leadership I, i'm going to start with what is leadership in your opinion
1: I think my um my understanding of leadership is is ever changing and it's I feel like it's developing um along the way I was a a fairly young leader coming into um AFL women's and I hadn't um at, I guess, um, senior level, I hadn't captained a team before. So I had captained the, the Queensland under 18s and a few teams before that. So, um, I had some really great role models, um, in Daisy and, um, Lausanne-El and, you know, some of those, um, older leaders that I was able to look up to. Um, so for me, leadership is all about, um, first things, first leading by example, yep. um, and making sure that, you know, out there on the field and, with all your preparation and your rehab and, and everything you're just ticking the boxes and you're really setting a, a prime example for everyone else to follow um i learned in my first year that leadership is about um more about relationships and communication and um and really making girls feel a part of um things bigger than themselves so mm-hmm. I think coming off the back of an injury and not being able to play most of the season in, in um, AFL women's number one, um, you're sort of forced to find different styles of leadership within yourself and really develop different areas. So um, you can you know, think back uh, an ankle injury, not being able to play, but also it, it probably was the best thing ever for my leadership and, yeah. and, um, and being able to develop that trait. Um, and then this year, one of the things that we added to our... Um, our group was just vulnerability and we sort of modelled ourselves a little bit off Richmond and what they did and, um, you know, the discussions that they had um, throughout their group and we really got our girls to open up um, and we learnt different sides of them. Um, You know, we had jokes, we had um, really tough emotional times where you know we were all sort of in tears whether it was our our pre-season camp um which was more of a it was it was a mental camp it wasn't a physical camp um all the way through to our training sessions where we would go through um we call it our our three h's and we would sort of um talk about our heroes our hardships um and our highlights in our life so i think really encouraging the group to to open up and be vulnerable and first things first you have to be vulnerable yourself and Mm -hmm. be able to you know say that you're not okay in this circumstance or you're struggling with your injury um and really reach out to the group because I think sometimes leadership can be a lonely place um you can feel that you have to be everyone's support and um sometimes you give a lot of energy and and you need to be able to ask for it in return as well so
0: do you think I wouldn't mind picking up on that because I think that is that is a genuine challenge yeah even you know what I do that's you Mm. you you're here to help everyone else yeah so um it sounds like you've You've gone and asked people, so which is interesting. I wouldn't mind just sort of mm. picking up how you got to that at such a young age. that's a really mature thing to be able to pick up on, yeah. and then how that was received by your teammates and coaches, etc.
1: Yeah, I think um, for me, I guess you know, owning a business as well, um, being a leader within a group, and then. Um, you sort of have to – you get to a stage where it gets quite overwhelming and I think going through injuries both years, um, it got to a stage where it was overwhelming for me and you just – you know, you felt support um, but you actually had to sort of stand up and, and reach out for it. So the people that were really great for me was Deb Lee. She's been amazing for our group. Um you know, developing connections and, and just the growth of our our collective, um, but also just to lean on and, and she's a great mentor. Um, so I really sort of, um, I used her a lot and sort of just caught up for coffee or had a chat with her every now and then. Uh, Paul Gross has been really, really good, um, especially last year. Uh, uh, sorry, this year, he's been um, amazing in terms of just um Treating us more as as people rather than just footballers, yeah. and I think it took a long time for for all of us to learn that that it was more about the support yeah. around you and and making making sure everyone felt valued and supported within our group. Um, but then people outside of the football circle as well. Um, I think going you know along your way, you develop a, a little circle of trust, whether it's family and friends or mentors. And um, I really relied on on those people. Um, to sort of, you know, level me out or help me through tough times. Um, But then the last thing was sort of opening up a bit more with teammates too. So, um, you know, within the team you're, you're close with everyone but you have a couple of people that you can really trust and um talking to them was great as well
0: yeah i mean vulnerability is very much i've I've talked to a number of the leaders so far and this is something that a lot are now starting to embrace i wouldn't mind just in your words what do you think the core benefit of vulnerability is in, in, in what what is it doing to your football club
1: for us it's understanding um understanding someone's um experiences their journey um and and also, it gives you a snapshot of, you know, what's happened to them and why they are the way they are, yeah. um, which I think just unites a group and brings them a whole lot closer. Um, you know that, you know, Person X might have had some um, some troubles growing up or might not be as confident and this is why. Yeah. And so, it just, it creates more conversation as well mm. and, you um, you know we've got some some really quiet girls we've got some really loud girls, and that's the beauty of football um, You've got so many different personalities and I think one of our key things is was our vulnerability, which led to um, the ability for everyone to just be themselves mm-hmm. and I think you are definitely more happy when you can just be yourself and yeah. when you're um, when you just trust in yourself. Um, but also it, it sort of, yeah, brings everyone together knowing that we've got all these different, we call them colours, all these different colours adding to our group and just painting painting this picture or this masterpiece that um, you need all these different colours within a, an yeah. organisation yeah. or a group. I think it's really important. Yeah,
0: really good. So two years of captaining um, an AFLW side, but as you said before, really this is your first crack at captaincy. Is there anything that you've done as a leader in those two years that if you had your time again, you'd do differently?
1: That's a really good question. I think perhaps in my first year, um, I tried to take it all upon myself and um, I think you just... And I wasn't playing at the time as well, which made it even worse. I was, you know, sitting in the coach's box each week. We weren't winning games. We weren't definitely wasn't as successful of a season as it was this year. And I just, um, you know, I think if you ask most, if not every girl in the AFA Women's, you ride every bump and it's quite an emotional journey because it's so high stake and, you know, every game matters. But I just felt so responsible for everything and, I think that was um, something that I really learnt was just to share the load and um, I did a lot of sort of research over um, the time period, like the VFL season last yeah. year where we sort of were in between two AFL women's seasons and um, and one thing that I really learnt was that leaders create leaders and yep. the more leaders that you have underneath you, um, the better your team is going to you know, stand up in, in big moments or the better that they're just going to, operate in a way and you don't have to feel responsible for um, for everything. Mm. So, it was quite overwhelming and um, I think to be able to work through that and to change that um, has been big. But I think, you know, along the way you just learn whether it's you've said something or you haven't said something. I think, um, you know, I learnt that um, one of our girls got quite upset when I forgot to just mention, you know, something about maybe... Her not getting selected, or it, it sort of just slips your mind because you've got so much going on yeah. um, in your world, and you are trying to worry about everyone. And and um, but that was again something that you just learn along the journey that everyone needs to feel included, everyone needs to feel supported, and and a part of of what we're working towards in order to buy in, and in order to for the whole team to to work. So. Yeah, there's certainly lots of bits and pieces that I've learned, but I think taking it upon your your shoulders and trying to do it all, it does not work. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, what about? I mean, you've sort of touched on um, yeah, the lessons you've learned. Are there any sort of? As you, you seem to be quite introspective, and in that you're you know you're able to look at where you're at. Self aware and I'm going to share some feedback that some of your teammates have given me about you in a minute. But that self awareness, are there weaknesses that you think you've got as a as a leader that you've identified and therefore you've made changes?
1: Yeah, I think absolutely. Um constantly. And you're always sort of questioning how um not questioning but probably analysing how you're going about things. I I tend to think that I'm a um the way I lead is similar to the way that I play footy and in that every performance that you've, you've had, you come off the ground and you sort of analyse what you could have done better, um, what worked, what didn't. So um, I guess for me, um, yeah, there's so much still to learn and um, you just sort of hope that you are doing a good job in every you know, every challenge you face or um, every interaction you make and building those relationships. But for me, when I first started, I think I had the mindset of I want to be the best player and that doesn't necessarily make the best captain. Um, it doesn't. It's just not a, a great recipe. Um, I think that you can be a great player um, and a great captain but do sort of the um, play player-captain's game. Yep. Um, so learning the difference between that and getting some good feedback from that as well probably more so from my mentor who knows me quite well and um he challenges me a lot so that was really important for me to to get that balance and just know that um you can't always be inward um sometimes you you most of the time you play better footy when you're not focused just yeah. on solely on your performance and um, I reckon that's something that I've really tried to change whether it's you playing a role for your team and not sort of you know playing the position that you want to play. I'm always <laughs> saying that I just want to be a midfielder but they always put me in the forward line <laughs> but um, yeah', that's there's, where the glory is, yeah exactly. The <laughs> but um, yeah there's there's definitely lots of things that um, that I'm that I still need to learn and it's just the journey the journey yeah. of of leadership um, and the journey of football
0: yeah. So I will go to where, what, what I your teammates told me, and I spoke to a few of them, but the the, the things they called out about you is that you lead by example, mm-hmm. that you're passionate, that you're positive, you're a great role model, you're driven, you're very self-aware and, and you're caring of those around you. Do mm-hmm. they resonate with you?
1: Yeah, I think they do. I guess it's the things that I um, I try to do in everyday life and I think that comes across um authentically in leadership um positivity i love that that one was thrown in you sometimes cop flack because you're too positive in a way like um that's happened before where you know someone's just said you're just too positive like what's wrong with you but i think that's just it's something that i learned from a very young age um from my my dad and um that there is always a positive in every single situation like i look back at missing the grand final and there's positives in that I it was so uncomfortable but I I just grew so much as a person and um you look at you know the the challenges that we faced as a group we grew so much um and in order for us to win the grand final we had to go through those challenges so um I think yeah to to hear that um that I'm positive and that I'm caring I think they're probably um two of the big ones for me and then I think leading by example just sort of comes naturally but um, it is about yeah really sort of getting outside of yourself and getting to know your group and your girls um, on an individual level and um, and that's how you sort of get buy-in and and get everyone working towards a common goal.
0: Yeah good you you touched on mentors a couple of times can I ask you about that and and the role I guess in and you, you tell me what you want to tell me here but the role in helping you develop as a leader through that?
1: Yeah I guess um I love having mentors and it's you know people that have um sort of you know been through what you've been through or can shed a little bit of light on their experiences and it sort of fast tracks your development instead of just a crash crash course in learning it all yourself and you know making mistakes and, and learning from them which is important too but um I find that the biggest thing that I love is to be challenged and um my mentors do that for me and I've a couple of different ones, but they, um, you know, whether it's sort of my my football mentor, um, I'll sit down with him after most games or, you know, midweek before a game and it's always, um, you know, what did you do well? What can we improve on? Um, and one thing that that Brett's taught me is that um, it's never as, as good as it seems and yeah. it's never as bad as it seems. So, okay. you know... Off the back of round one, where you play a great game and you you feel pretty good, um, good game, well done. Yeah. It was it was good. You could have played better. I know in myself that I could have played better as well. But um, you know, to have that sort of level, and then the next week you might not play or live up to your expectations of yourself, and it's it's okay. You'll get another chance. So that's a. I think it's really good feedback, um, and it really does level you out. But also, um, the way that he sort of um challenges me too and sort of picks up little bits about my game and um as a both as a, a player but also as a leader as well um I think it is really important because you can't see it all and if someone's observing you and you really trust them and they're um you know they're important to you then they're going to give you honest feedback um for your best interest and yep. for you to grow and develop so um you definitely take it on board um but yeah I think those mentors are just um, – they're really, really important for, for growth and development so that you don't get stagnant and stay yep. in the same position.
0: I'm interested now on, in a sort of team perspective. Like one of the things that the AFL male teams do is they review everything, mm. review you know, training sessions into <laughs> games, etc. Now, you, you guys have got this interesting dynamic of uh, it's this is part-time yep. and most of the girls are working, studying both um, – do you do that to the same level? If so, can you just give us a bit of a sense of, you know, you've played the game, what does review look like? How do you do that on a team basis and individually?
1: Yeah, I guess for us um, it wouldn't be as in-depth as the boys given we don't have enough time, as you said. So we sort of treat it as a we do a game review. Um, we do individual edits um, with our, our line coaches and if you want to talk to the head coach, you can. So all of that feedback... Um, but we also love to, because we're women, we love to communicate. And yeah. so we sit in, in a room, well, this is what we did at the Bulldogs, and we talk about it. We mm. just really open it up and say... Just the
0: players or Yeah, both. Well. Yeah.
1: So both we um, we do like a, a weekly sort of players meeting where we will um, go in and, and we'll just chat. And whether it's, you know... Um, analyzing the game analyzing training performance even individuals some sometimes we sort of you might need to put the heat on someone or you know pump someone up or congratulate someone so it's sort of our our little safe space where we can be vulnerable with each other and um, you can give praise and you can sort of give um, you know um, areas for improvement as well and and that's where we find that um, more people can step up and have a bit of a voice um, which I, is really important within our leadership group is that we're always bringing people with no one the old cliche is you don't need a, a title to be a leader. Yeah. And we, um, again, one of my one of my things coming into this season was leaders create leaders. So it's not just our leadership group of, of six. We wanted it to be, or four, we wanted it to be all of those young girls, whether you've just walked into the club, to be able to have a voice and, um, and really feel a part of it. So that's where we sort of break everything down and um, debrief and... Um, and then give feedback. But we also do sort of feedback sheets to the coaches too, and yeah. we found that that's worked really well.
0: Yeah, good. So is it roughly 30 players on an AFL? W List as the captain of the, of the team. Uh, I'm really interested to know how you go about getting to know the other players. And I'll probably just pick up on the point I made before and the limited time that you've got to spend mm-hmm. compared to your male counterparts. How do you do that when you're so busy, you've got your own business, which I want to talk about a bit later on? It's it's a challenge, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I guess um, it is a challenge, but um, I, don't know, I love people. I love learning about um, people's journeys and Um, I love sort of challenging people as well. That's one of my biggest things. I remember sitting down with one of our young recruits, um, our rookie, Bonnie, and just having a coffee with her the first week before we started training. And I just said, you know, we were catching up. I sort of got a bit of background about her because I didn't really know her. But I just also said, "What what are your goals this season? Like, what do you want to get out of it and what do you want to achieve? And she's like, I think I just want to play like a game. I just want to get into the team once. And I said... Let's aim higher than that. Like, yeah. Let's actually challenge ourselves to, you know, let's play the whole season and I'll challenge you to get a rising star too. And, God, she played every game, got a rising star and one was one of our best players yeah, um, going in. So I think for me that, um, I don't know, that part of personal relationships or connections really um, excites me, the fact that you could sort of get a little bit more out of this person who mm-hmm. might not. Um, think that they're capable or um, might not know what their potential is that you can sort of ignite the thought of that even um, and then some action and so um, yeah I guess I'm big on we we brunch a lot we have a a lot of coffee a lot of brunch so um, just getting to know the girls in in that way Um, but I think yeah it's it's also sort of helping them out on the ground so I, I am big on you know if we're doing some kicking or whatever pre-session and getting down a little bit earlier that you sort of just work with different girls and um, just make sure that everyone is feeling good. So it can be a, yeah. big, a big challenge. Um, but at the same time, um, you know, you thrive it as well.
0: Mm. There's an interesting dynamic in the women's game in that a lot of the players are playing... State League as well as AFL. So playing for two, I know you're injured this year, but there's a commitment there to be part of the VFL team as well as the AFL team. Yeah. Probably now that you're with the Bulldogs for both, it's slightly different. But maybe think back to your Darabin days. Mm. Uh, uh, just talk to me about that because I'd imagine you. that's an opportunity for you to build relationships with players that might be in your AFL team but also with players from other other teams. And there's a, there seems to be a better connection amongst the AFLW players and perhaps the men who really don't know the players from the other teams it's quite incredible
1: yeah it is I think it's one of the the beauties of where we're at at the moment is that you um, get to connect with a whole range of different girls whether they're in your AFL club or not Um, and that's sort of I think I was actually I was watching Bob the other night on Fox footy and Sabs who I just love she's a an absolute star. And she put it in a really beautiful way where she just said, um, you know, we're all in it for the same cause Mm. where, you know, you pull on your Jersey and you play against each other and um, you go out to battle and, you know, you you try your hardest. But then at the end of the day, all we want to do as a collective is grow this game and, and make that, make sure that we have an opportunity um, to play at the highest level where, where we are right now, but also, you know, the future girls coming through. So, um, it is. That's that's sort of the case, and and I think that's a great thing where we get to get around and and play with, you know, different um, different girls, whether they're. Um, you're playing with a VFL team aligned with your club or not we've got a lot of um, Spurs girls coming through the Western Bulldogs team now which we're all getting to know and you know they get an opportunity to um, bump shoulders with AFL players and and pick their brains and and sort of be in this environment that is similar to to what the AFL club is so it's Mm. a great opportunity for them to have a bit of insight too.
0: That's a really interesting point just around the um, this sort of bigger picture view of where the competition is going and I mean you know I'm interested in your level of sort of real awareness about you guys being pioneers you know this is an incredible time Mm -hmm. and in some respects you guys are are, um sacrificing for the next generation Mm -hmm. in many respects what's your sort of feeling about being this pioneer group is it pride is it excitement is it geez I wish I was coming 10 years later what what are your thoughts on it?
1: no I think um I think it is. It's it is pride. It's um, it is excitement. You feel um, very fortunate because, especially, you know, the women before us. And I mentioned Debbie Lee before. She was, I don't even know her stats, but I reckon she was like a, a seven-time best and fairest yeah. in, the, in the VFL women's, and um, and she never got the opportunity to play. But she would have been a star of this league. So mm-hmm. you sort of um, take that with you, and um, but then. Uh, there is also the pride in wearing the jersey, and that yeah. the fact that there's um, there is now so much sort of history um, within, you know, the Western Bulldogs colours. And um, we had some some women running around back in the day where you know Teddy Whitten was coaching, and yep. um, there's some incredible photos of of that in our uh, museum. And we walk past that every time we walk into our rooms, and you sort of just think wow, um, you know, we, we will go down in those history books as well and um, we've sort of ridden some of these, these bumps of um, what AFL Women's is right now and, and where it's going for these future generations and it'll continue to um, sort of, yeah, develop and, um, you know, there'll be lots of uh, exciting things to come but you just, yeah, you can't help but feel really um, proud and, and grateful for this moment and mm-hmm. this opportunity.
0: So you've been one of the faces of the AFLW marquee player, um, and you have become a household name, particularly in AFL circles. Certainly, I'd imagine it's changed your life in a pretty extraordinary way. From if, if you think back two or three years ago, how have you dealt with that change as a person?
1: Yeah, it has. It's um, it's just been an incredible sort of opportunity, and not only you know playing in AFL colours and and playing for the team that you love and the Bulldogs, but Um, but also, you know, the outside opportunities that you get, whether it's within media or um, doing appearances at school clinics or, um, you know, within sort of business organisations. It has been just one hell hell of a journey and sort of every morning you wake up and you just think, um, you know, what am I doing today and what's the the next exciting thing that is going to happen? You sort of take it all in your stride. But, um, yeah, I feel like it's challenged me as a person and I think like I mentioned before you have to be uncomfortable in order to grow and um sort of each week I'll call my dad and update him on bits and pieces that are happening and opportunities or whatever it might be and um he just kind of he brings me back down to earth at times and just says wow like you're doing really amazing things and Mm -hmm. you have to sort of sit back and think about it because I think given my personality is um sort of you just want to level up and you just want to keep going and yep. keep experiencing things and go for the next opportunity but you you know you sort of have to sit back and think wow that that brand is um well I'm representing this brand now um in sponsorship or you know I'm I'm speaking at this event or and you just um yeah you take it all in I think when you see some of your teammates do it as well you're like mm. wow that's amazing like you are doing amazing things good on you and you just love it yep. um like I said before, seeing Sabs on Fox footy um, and just sort of talking about how passionate she is about footy and her journey and where she's come from. Um, and then sort of knowing that I was on the next night was it's yeah, it is a, a weird world. And um, but it's one that I think we're, we're all sort of taking in our stride. And mm. um, you're thankful for the opportunities because you know that the women before you um, didn't get it as much. Yeah. and um, And it's exciting for the youth coming through because they'll get more and more opportunities too.
0: Yes, agree. So the competing interests of this industry, the AFL, your club, the mm. sponsors, the media, the AFLPA, et cetera, um, how do you balance that all together with a business that you're running as well, which as I said, I'm going to talk about in a minute, mm. um, just managing your time, how do you do that?
1: Um, it's always, I think you would know, most people would know it's a, a constant juggle and you're always experimenting and um For me, I just like to, depending on what time of year it is, so I sort of flip my priorities as as the women's season gets closer and at the moment I sort of um, am less of of a footballer because I'm not training full-time and I'm just sort of in my recovery mode and my rehab mode and I sort of flip more into the business hat and spending a bit more time at the gym and and perhaps doing some more appearances here and there um, when they come up. Um, I sort of love the... Uh, The nature of it It's very um, It's very different You're always doing something I'm not I'm not in the gym Every single day Which I love I'm not at training every day Which I love And you know You're not always doing appearances So um, It's very mixed And it's varied Um, So it it is It does stay interesting And and, But in order to Sort of manage time I think scheduling And just like Locking everything in um, The previous week um, Making sure that you are spending enough time in different areas, and I think that has been a, a challenge for me is that you know when you feel like you're probably doing too much training and not um, spending enough time in the gym, you sort of feel oh i should be I should be here, not there and yeah. Um, I think that is a struggle for a lot of us, um, given that you know it is still semi-professional. But you want to spend every moment yeah. watching footy, um, you know, looking at edits, um, training in the gym, kicking the footy, all that sort of stuff. Um, so you, you have to remember, you know, the balance there. But I've always been big on not putting all my eggs in one basket too, and I find that you know, being at the gym balances me. I get to, I find that, you know, football sometimes is a bit of a selfish pursuit where you're sort of putting a lot of time and energy into your body and yourself. And, um, in order to get that balance, I love giving back and sort of, you know, teaching others about my life experiences or the game, um, and just having that balance and then, you know, Getting away and having some downtime too, I think, is really important. Mm. Just learning that sleep is is king, um, <laughs> and making sure you get enough of that. It's not many. There's not enough hours in the day at times, but um, and also just yeah, really looking after yourself because you um, you can't give if you don't if yeah. you don't look after yourself.
0: So let's just touch a bit further on on the business. So you've got your own gym, and I'll give it a plug: KB Performance in Coburg. How's it all going and is this what your plans are post-footy or is this just one of these things that you're talking about that, you know, is, is an interest?
1: Yeah, I think um, it's going really, really well at the moment. I've sort of built it up to a, a level now where about um, just over two years in that I'm not taking every session, which was a big goal yeah. for me in order to um, – I think as, you know, the hours of footy go up and the more that I sort of dedicate to football, I need to be less at the gym or less hands-on at the gym and actually um, – not coaching as much. So building a great team around me um, was really important and that was sort of one of the the first um, steps in my, um, I guess, in my business plan to to build that um, in order to sort of, you know, step back and and manage it all from a view. Um, And that's been... It's been a really interesting sort of journey. I really love it. It's um, it's definitely a passion for me to um, – we've got a, a football academy, but we also do sort of um, general public side of things as well. Um, and it's so rewarding. Um, you get to sort of work with those young girls who – might have just you know missed out on vic metro or um who are just you know youth girls coming through and um we've had three or four girls um drafted from from the gym which has been um just an amazing journey we've got girls at the national carnivals now we've got tac girls so there's a whole level and a whole range um of of sort of talent there and my biggest thing is that you get to impact them as people um must
0: be very rewarding for you yeah
1: it is it certainly is and I think you know you as a young woman you go through sort of different um different stages and different periods and that's where um having strong role models is is really important but role models that you can actually you know reach out to and, and ask for help for yeah. from um you know we've got role models on the big stage as as you know the, the for women's girls and girls from different sports but um, within our community, you know, we have some drafted girls, we've got some V. F. L. girls and some T. A. C. girls, and then we've got girls that are ten years old trying to you know go through that pathway and and get to the afl if that's what they wish to do so they've got contact and they can sort of talk yeah. to each other and mentor each other and it's a, a really beautiful space um so yeah i think for me going forward um coaching isn't really my thing i don't yeah. think i'll i'll go into coaching um i definitely won't be sitting at an at desk nine to five um <laughs> doing admin work so building um the gym and um and Perhaps in the future making it more of a sort of multi-sport gym that it's not just female football that we sort of branch out into other sports but still also training um, the gen pop side of things and uh, making sure that they're all working towards a a goal like an athlete does and they're training Mm. specifically uh, for that so um, and then there's just some other little plans um, with that as well so probably two gyms is is the first plan to get something over the south side here there's one we've got one in Coburg now and I'd like to branch out a little bit more um, and then, yeah, we'll just go from there.
0: Yeah, it sounds like you've, you've got a plan in place, which is very, very good. Oh, this is a question I've asked all the captains and I'm, you actually straddle, I guess, two things here. So what do you think business leaders can learn from an AFL captain? You're an impressive group of people and um, not all of you, I think, grasp just how advanced you are from a leadership perspective mm. and what you know and you've clearly demonstrating that in this discussion. What do you think business leaders can learn from an mm-hmm. AFL captain?
1: that's a good question I think that um, I think you mentioned it before at times where um, sometimes business leaders might feel that they need to do it all and that yeah. they sort of you know they might be the head of a, an organisation and we've um, we've said that it can often feel like a an isolating place um and perhaps they don't lean on their their leadership team or the next level of of you know um, their their company or their organization within um to to sort of help them and to spread the message culturally um, I know that you know some um businesses that I've worked for prior to opening up my own business is that you you don't often see the boss a lot as well yeah. so um, I think really first things first, you know, leaning on others and, and leaders create leaders and, and trying to sort of get more people to step up and, and spread your message is really important. But also, um, you know, having contact and, and making sure that everyone feels a part of something, you know, bigger than themselves and they really buy into mm. to the vision of um, what the, the organisation is is um you know working towards or their goals um and that just really puts everyone on on the same page it's sort of like a team when you know that you're working towards a, yep. a common goal um and and making everyone feel included and a part of it yeah
0: good answer i'm um gonna switch tack a little bit here and just pick up a couple of things about you personally yeah so we touched on it at the start travel um you I've gone through your Instagram pages I saw before <laughs> you yeah. you're an avid traveler mm. um favorite destination so far
1: ah oh, it's a hard one i think um i really loved new york there was something about new york where it was it was busy but it felt relaxed at the same time and everyone you just wanted i wanted to know what everyone was doing i was so <laughs> inquisitive as to you know, people walking around and it was the middle of the day on a, a Monday. It's like, are you meant to be at work? What are you doing? <laughs> What's your profession? So, I found that that was, um, that was a, a really incredible place. And I think, you know, every every street you turn down, you want to take a photo because it's mm-hmm. just that sort of New York style Um and I just really loved it there. So I think, you know, even post-footy, I was talking about perhaps living there in the future and, um, and really exploring that side of the world.
0: Yeah, very good choice. Now, on a serious or personal note, you have spoken before about the battles you had as a teenager with an eating disorder. And I don't want to ask you about that specifically. But I am really curious as to what made you want to share such a personal story, given the courage that must have taken.
1: Yeah, I guess for me, um, I don't know. Perhaps at the time it must have been harder, but right now, when I sort of talk about this, it's not something that um, that really affects me to to talk about it. I think it's so prevalent in our society, yeah. especially young um, young women and even young men too. I think yeah. we sort of forget how prevalent it is to um, to these these young men out there, but um not only in the gym and and sort of the the circles that I've been around it's it's everywhere so to be able to step up and just say that um you know I battled it when I was young and I I found that one of my biggest motivators of of you know starting a gym and and wanting to help young women was the fact that you know I struggled with my eating and um I found strength training. That was one of the things that sort of helped me to respect my body and um, treat it a little bit nicer and also, um, you know, having football there as well and you want to build your body so you can um, work towards being the best footballer you can be and not being the skinniest girl in the room. So that was the big shift for me where – You know, I found um, strength training, I found fitness, I found sort of healthy eating and it was a long process. It was, it took a few years for me to sort of work through it. Um, But I think in having that experience, like I said before, you know, everything that you go through that's uncomfortable makes you stronger and makes you the person you are today. So um, I'm able to sort of speak up about it and and help other young women. And it's funny, I got a a call from my dad the other day um, and one of the... Um, the girls that work for him um, a long time ago um, lives here in Victoria and her um, her daughter is 10 years old and her daughter is struggling with eating disorders at 10 years old and I just find that just like absolutely eye-opening. So, um, yeah, for me to, to be able to say, you know, I'm a, a strong um, a strong woman who really values sort of performance um, and I value um, having a, a strong athletic and, and sort of um, powerful figure out on the football field because it helps me to to um, do the things that I need to do on the football field. But it also helps you in everyday life um, in order to be able to walk down the street and feel confident about yeah. who you are and, and your stature. So... Um, yeah, it's. I think it's a really important discussion to, to have, and, and one that I'm, um, yeah, I'm proud to represent.
0: Yeah. So as you look back, you're glad you shared it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think you know our society will be better off with more people having the courage to share those sort of stories. So I would be interested in one more question on that is, if as you reflect back on how the media and the supporters reacted to the story? Because this is often part of the problem is this fear of how people will Mm. react to a difficult story. Mm. Do you feel as though it was a predominantly positive reaction?
1: Um, I think it was, yeah, in a a sense... um I don't really remember. I think I was so passionate about spreading the message that you just don't really mind. Um, And you also see, like, you know, you you see especially a lot of the boys standing up now and and saying that they're battling with depression or mental health issues. I think the more people that do it, it just shows that it is normal and it's courage and I think leadership is about courage and yeah. um, and standing up and um, perhaps being a little bit uncomfortable for the greater good of of others and um, that greater good for me is is young women it's it's that's what I'm really passionate about and and if sharing that story that for me now it doesn't you know it doesn't um, I know that I've battled through it and that I'm stronger I've proved to myself that I could I could work through it and I could um, overcome it why not share that story mm. and and help to if one, one person hears it and you help that one person, then that's great. But if, you know, 10 or 15 hear it, and that's even better.
0: Yeah. The last question I'm going to ask you on leadership, and I'm just going to finish off with what we call our fast five, is is how would you like to be remembered from a leadership perspective?
1: Perhaps all, all of those words that you sort of said before from my yeah. teammates. Um, positive is definitely one that I want to be up there. Um, led by example, um, kind and caring – um-But I think you just want to sort of um, leave a, a legacy of just being authentic and yeah. um, just being you. Um, so I am sure that those sort of those words will change and perhaps um, vary over my, Hopefully I've got about 10 years left in the game or so. Yeah. No, it depends on how these ankles hold up. But, um, yeah, I think around – they're on the ballpark as to, to how I want to be as a leader, but it's more so how I want to be in everyday life. And I yeah. think if you're, um, you sort of model that every day, then it will come across really authentically in your leadership. Mm.
0: Righto, Katie Brennan. We're going to finish off with the and fast more five here. will never spat these. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to get a bit of a sense of um, of why you give us these answers. So, the first one is, who's the captain that you most admire? In I want to restrict this to the AFLW competition. Uh,
1: Chelsea Randall.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. Talk to me. Um I love Chelsea. I think she's a a great girl. Um, She is so courageous on the footy field, so it comes out in her leadership and and how she is. Um, And I just think that she is one of the kindest people that I've Mm. ever met. She's a really beautiful soul Um, and I haven't had the chance to sort of, um, you know, be captained by her or play underneath her or... Um, or play with her, but I just think the way that she goes about it and the way that her girls speak about her and um, just sort of even my friendship with her, it's um, it's really special. So, yeah, she's a, a great leader and um, I think that she's one to sort of model yourself off.
0: Mm, great answer. Who's the player you most admire in the AFLW?
1: It'd have to be Erin, Erin Phillips. Yeah. Um, I think she's a... A really special player. Um, she sort of—I don't know—I feel like she's got that um, dusty vibe about her that she could just sort of step up and and do any, anything. And everyone sort of, um, you know, has to have eyes on Erin when you're playing against her. She's usually that top player that you, you know, you talk about through the um, the opposition analysis. Um, but I just love that she's come from, she's had, you know, a football background. She's come from an elite level sport, from basketball. Um, she's authentic. She's her, um, and, um, she's a, a really beautiful person as well. So I, I think that, yeah, she's a, a top footballer and, um, she's, I really admire
0: her. So you might get a call from the uh, Low LA Crows <laughs> recruiting department here. Um, this is going to be interesting now. The next question I've got for you. If you weren't playing for Paul Groves, which coach would you most like to play for?
1: Um, God. I think probably I had a um, a few interactions with uh, Mick ear before, well, um, last year and, and the year before, um, and just sort of being around him and the way that he sort of um, – conveys his messages to his girls and I think he's a, a great coach and a, a great leader so um, not that I would move anywhere else I love the Bulldogs <laughs> but I think he's um, yeah he's definitely someone that um, that would be someone to yeah work
0: with Good. Who's your funniest teammate?
1: Funniest It would definitely have to be Bonnie Too Good she's um, she's a character she <laughs> we had this um a bit of a competition throughout the season. and It was who could um, scare the other person the most. And there was a bit of a, a count going on, but she would just come up behind me and just absolutely scare the shit out of me in the locker rooms <laughs> and I would nearly fall over and, it just kinda kept on going on. Plus she would always draw me pictures and put them on my locker. She would say decorating my locker, but I'd say she was just a little vandal trying to
0: What sort of pictures are we talking about?
1: Oh, just she Can would just draw it? draw anything. I had this, um last year I went to Bali before the season and I just had this little um like cut on my leg from the ocean there and this whole story eventuated about me having a worm in my leg and a <laughs> parasite and then so they all called it Trevor the little worm but she would just always draw this worm in these funny little photos and we just I don't know we had a few little jokes going on but she's just the life of uh, along with there's a you know a lot of funny girls within our group but she's sort of the life of the party and she's um always smiling and she's always yeah she will always drop a, a little joke within the group so yeah, you yeah don't she's star. That, don't you? absolutely
0: Right, last question. What advice would you give to an AFLW captain about to embark on her first season in charge?
1: It's a good question. Um, I think it it would just be the lessons that I've learned, and I know I've got many lessons to learn going forward. But um, not trying to do it all yourself, trying to have a, a really good leadership team around you, and, and leaning on them to um, to help you with you know leading the group. Um, knowing that it will be uncomfortable and that, you know, you'll be faced with whether it's um, tough conversations or tough decisions or, um, you know, making decisions on behalf of the group um, but just backing yourself and and having trust in in who you are. I think sometimes in leadership you can question yourself a little bit mm. at times of um, whether it's, you know, um, hardship or feeling uncomfortable. You, you sort of question yourself but think of it more of... As like a, a self-analysis, which is a really healthy thing. It's not questioning; it's more about just you know analyzing whether you did the make the right decision or um, you know you're you're going along the right path. So that would be a big one. Um, but also just having fun with it, and I think sometimes you just got to take your captain's hat off and just think that. Um, you know, you have this responsibility and um, you've got to you live up to expectation, but you also are just a human. And yep. that's where the vulnerability comes in, where it's really important to open up to your teammates and, and not feel isolated. Um, but at the end of the day, you are just you are another player on that team and um, you have... Again, you've got these things that you have to worry about, but going out and playing football is what you know how to do best mm. and, and usually do that when you're having fun with yep. your, your group of girls. So, um, yeah, that would be one of my advice to a great, young leader.
0: Great way to finish. I've got to say I was really looking forward to today's chat and when I've been having these chats, just as a finishing comment, I'm, I'm constantly – I shouldn't be, but I'm constantly amazed at just how mature – you guys are mm. as leaders of football clubs. It's it's wisdom beyond your years, and you know, you've given this a lot of thought. Leadership, I can tell, mm. um, and I really enjoyed you know, hearing your perspective on it. So, thank you, Katie, yeah, for nice. coming in. It's been great. Thanks for having me. No worries.